Welcome to another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always are... Dan. Ward. Mike. There's a good Doppler effect on that. You were coming and going. Uh, and I'm Steve. We. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, let's just jump into this week in Hobby, because I know for a lot of us it's going to be Onslaught related, one way or the other, because we did Onslaught about a week and a half ago now. Um, so, I guess I'll jump right into this, because I very rarely start. Okay. Um... I painted, I finished painting and did even more details to that Drop Zone army, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and I did up a couple commissions for Malifaux also before Onslaught, and I've painted literally nothing since. <laughs> oh. Well, don't worry, it's okay, I made up for you. Dan, your turn. Ooh. Yep, that's me. Okay. <laughs> Ward, your turn. Uh, I took a mental break. Uh, <laughs> you are a mental person. Yeah, exactly. No, I had uh, everything going on with Onslaught, so I haven't like really touched anything. The only thing that I've been doing actually is cleaning the uh, Black Sun Barbarian for the painting class this upcoming weekend. Oh shit! I have to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I cleaned. I cleaned a tank, a fifteen mil or whatever, like six mil tank. I cleaned a tank. Uh, my tanks are bigger than yours. Oh. That's all I did. Nice. And played video games. Mike. Uh, well, are we talking about what we did at Onslaught, too? Because I painted up six Gore Grunters, five Brutes. Well, it would have been from the Tuesday before Onslaught. Yes, yeah, now. yeah. So five days before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you did, because you had aware. a whole bunch yeah. of stuff you were working on. <laughs> He's aware. He's self-aware. Look out! Yeah, yeah. And what else did I do? Oh, I put together my draw fleet box. <laughs> and primed them. It actually took longer than I thought it was going to take. Uh, and I am almost done 10 Fire Slayers. Nice. Whoa. It's pretty awesome. Are yeah. you guys doing another one of those? Because I saw that Paul's it's also a, doing Fire Slayers. It's amazing. <laughs> so what's, what's, <laughs> when's the next tournament? January. So, this is for Out of the Basement. Everybody shows so, up. So, because you had Orcs. October. Yeah. So it'll be Beardjuary or something? No, no. It is well, uh, Januslayer. Slayer. Januslayer. Yeah. You know what I mean. Januslayery? Yeah. You know That's I mean. not bad, but a beer jewelry is better. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there was another good one, too. Keep talking. I'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. Slanuary was another one. Yeah. Mm. Slanuary would be great, except everyone has to play with those fucking ridiculous models. Uh, well, and it does the worst. Conjure this correct imagery that Seraphon deserve. Ding. Mm, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, there's so... I may have painted more miniatures than anybody else this week, which is awesome. I finished a drop zone army as well. Hooray! Yeah, so uh, after Onslaught, I really wanted to play drop zone and felt like I should have done that instead of 40k. Yeah, because I remember (laughs) on the Sunday, while I was having fun playing drop zone and you were just like, admittedly, it looked like you were having fun playing 40k, but we were having a conversation and we basically planned out the color scheme for your Sheltari. And then I think it was either the Sunday night that or the night, month. It I was finished, that night. That night I finished the crocodile. You sent out the uh, yeah. the test colors. Yeah, I finished up the crocodile or Commander Isis. Now that you can use this special character tank as a regular tank in the game, so mm. yeah, finished up that one. Um, but yeah, no, we onslaught was awesome. I had a lot of fun uh, playing my knights and uh, cohort cybernetica. I lost all my games. 
that was a bit of a shocker. I haven't had that happen in a long time. So list needs to change a little bit. Um, but I did right before the event finish up a display board that I'm super happy with. Uh, use the crackle paints that we reviewed, I think, last time or the episode before. Uh, Iron Crust and Iron Earth, and it turned out really, really nice and was super fast to do. So that was my hobby. And there'll be pictures. I wanted to finish the entire army by tonight, but I'm missing four infantry stands and a fire drake. Ooh. I still have 2,000 points painted. This was going to be my 2,300, everything I totally wanted done. Right. So did not get a picture up yet, but that will be coming soon. Yeah, in a weird... Uh Swing of return of events. I actually went two and one playing drop zone for okay. basically like the first time ever playing the game. That's uh, I think resistance is good. I think they've got a lot of tools, and like you were saying at the event, it's a super well-rounded army. Well, you're not, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Mike. But the other thing to really keep in mind is if you've never it's played your army, isn't it? <laughs> if you've played drop zone at all before, all you really need to know is what's anti-armor, what's anti-air, and what's anti-infantry to get a sense of what your priority targets are and then kind of play from there. You don't have to know exactly how they do it. You just have to have a rough idea as to ex- what they're doing. Yep. And the game is balanced enough with those general archetypes mm-hmm. that you can play. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We haven't got into it yet, but your actual list building, there's balancing factors in as well. Like, there's maximums you can take. You can only take one of these. This is a rare choice. Oh, I've been looking at it. Don't worry. Yeah. But it's there is actually quite a bit more, and you can do themed armies still, and it's still balanced. You can you can really try and skew one way, which is what I was yeah, doing but that'll hurt you demo. Yeah, it, that's exactly it. I can you really hurt yourself. It also helps that well, we'll talk about this later. I should stop rolling ones with my one shot weapons, and I should just stop rolling ones in general. Yeah. yeah oh my god. Way. Anyways, we should move on to uh, shut up, and take my money. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of that this week. Oh man, oh, well, I want to go first. I want to go first. I want to go first. I need to buy some bases for AVP because I got a tracking number. Oh! Yeah, but okay. Just, just. I just want to. Are you getting everything you thought you were going to get? I think it's assuming the email is true. It's like ninety percent of the order. Everything but the scenery. There's. I don't know about the scenery. They haven't said one way or the other. I think there's one or two things that haven't uh, got official, like. whatever certification on but I also don't know if I ordered those extra sets like the additional marines were supposedly not approved yet or somebody I don't know but basically it seems like it should be on its way so I might need so, to get some resin bases for them finally that's interesting it's been like three years or some shit there's there's a lot that's being shipped to this house because I think when you bought oh, I that, still lived here you still when lived I here. bought that so <laughs> there was a uh, delivery failure notice because we were weren't home today for either the well, I'll talk about the, or- the shut up and take my money now because I ordered a whole boatload more drop zone. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, Tom and I both uh, ordered all the new books. So we've got uh, Reconquest Phase 1 and Phase 2. And I had to get the main rule book because, you know, and templates because I and cards because I had none of these things. Because you <laughs> don't actually, until last week, play the game. Yeah, this is awfully new and I borrowed yeah. everything except for models. <laughs> yeah, so... Ordered that. I ordered uh, Panther, which apparently is the bullshit OP unit that the uh, Sheltari have, unlimited range anti-air, which everybody's freaking out about. Um, and then ordered two Leopards and some Punjari, and a bunch of templates, because I don't have the templates, actually. And I think that was it for me. Tom, what did you order? You ordered a lot. <laughs> well, I got the big HQ hover tank with the Scourge cannons on it. I got 12... Which is Transport 9. Well, no, it's 12. way more than that. It's, it's actually 
It's huge. I can't believe how you've like, seen it. I brought it here. It's just. It's, I think it's actually. It's like, I think it's, it's five by five inches. The non-HQ one, I think, can technically hold twenty-four technicals. Oh, okay. Holy but the shit. HQ one comes with a retinue of twelve because I'm pretty sure it can hold two yeah, squads of technicals right. in the main, in the normal one. Yeah. Uh, but then, so I just got the, the retinue that it comes with is better technicals. Yes, they're yeah. moving fire nine instead of six. Yeah. Uh, and then I got so the twelve technicals go with it. The barrel bomber, another kraken. The resistance veterans, uh, two drills. Yeah, because you need the drills. Because you need the resistance drills. Resistance player, that's no option. I don't even know how you play an army without them. And then the books, cards, templates, and yeah. there might be something else. But all I know is 169 pounds. Yes. That'll Whoa. Be, yeah. And I was at I think like 100 pounds. We were we were both pretty close on that. I was like 90 something odd pounds. So. Was yeah. a lot more. I'll have three thousand points now to play with, and all the walkers. I've ordered now every single one of the battle striders, so I might have to paint up my Gaia gate, which I was planning on actually not doing because apparently most people don't use them. But I want to run leopard bricks, where you just have a, a dream stare and two leopards, and just ruin everybody's day with microwave cannons. Yeah, <laughs> or at least eat their dinners. But no, you, didn't them up the, very good. you didn't get the little walkers in. No, I haven't got any of the uh, tarantulas. And so sorry, I have all the war striders. I don't have the yeah. battle striders yet. I don't have the tarantulas or bird eaters. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them. That's fine. Yeah, because bird eaters wouldn't that be like a little cannibalistic? Yeah, well, well they're porcupines. I, I play hedgehogs. Shalcario <laughs> hedgehogs? are hedgehogs. They're totally hedgehogs. Most people online refer to them as the hogs. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Showing off your hogs again, eh? Oh, yeah, always am. Hog knuckling hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of a switch there. Uh, we talked. Okay, Ward, how about you? What's next? Uh, for me, right now, it is the Heroes of the Resistance. It's a new X Wing. A uh, different Resistance. Oh, it was like. The Star Wars one. Yes. You're getting a special character from the Resistance? No, you no, play no. PHR. I don't uh, understand. It's a new box set for uh, X Wing. Uh, it basically has the Millennium Falcon and Poe Dameron's uh, X Wing. Oh, nice. So it's painted black for the X-Wing. And is creatively named Black One. Wait, just a second. Why in the movie, though, he his X-Wing wasn't painted black? Yeah, it was. You should Isn't watch it in the, the final battle? It's in, it's in all the battles. He's Except black. in the beginning, right, when, the beginning. when it gets blowed up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. The one is that it, gets blowed up is not black. Is it just, like, markings are black on it? No, 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 no. It's, it's black and black. orange. Like, it's black and it's, orange it's, really? instead of white and blue. It's Holland. Yeah. Oh, it okay. is the I have no idea that it. <laughs> I the flying Dutchman. Which is better than the Dutch when he's runner. skimming along the water. <laughs> that one. I that one. Yeah, was blue that one well. was black. I don't think. I don't know. When he's skimming along the water, unless he has a different one, I don't think that one's black. I'm pretty sure it was. Let's black. just stop podcasting and watch the movie. Yeah. Okay. I think it's just when they <laughs> do the Starkiller base um, attack run. I think that's just when he's driving the black one. Uh, when he's driving it. <laughs> All right, you guys talk. I'm going to fast forward Netflix on my phone to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it comes with uh, Pose X-Wing and then the new Millennium Falcon, which is basically the same Millennium Falcon, just with a different radar dish. <laughs> and it's got, sculpted, it's got sculpted and painted on engine detail now. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So it's not the, uh, you don't have to get your printout that you yeah. did way back? So I don't have to print out that thing again and glue it in there, because it's already sculpted on and then hit with a blue wash. Nice. So, and then it's got all the extra like uh, cards for the new characters. That Some sweet you, upgrades, actually. You see Finn and Ray and all that stuff. And really, yeah, should be good. That's good. I'm. That's the nice thing about that game is they always have new uh, fluff to work with that they can just concentrate on making the game good. And, and if they're going to come up with a new movie every year, yeah. possibly with Donald Glover as Lando. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, That's I saw so that. Good. Childish Gambino's fucking Star Wars character is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Considering he is a, a confessed like Star Wars fanatic, he absolutely loves those movies, so that's that's going to be good. He's going to try do a good job with that for sure. The first, my, I'm not gonna lie. My reaction to that announcement was I tried to do the impression of like when he meets Lebar Burton on Community. <laughs> it was like eyes wide and catatonic, can't function. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I hope they make a reference to Troy Abbott in the morning. That would be pretty awesome. I don't think they will. No. That's pretty. That would be a little. I oh, had it in the morning. <laughs> that would be amazing. Ah. <laughs> uh. But that, and then now that I've seen uh, a box that Mike picked up, I might have to buy a box as well. Might have to? No, I'm yeah. going to pick it drop up clean. as soon as they come in, Mike. Yeah. Can we, no, before you, you, drop, you drop the ball there, Dan. Mike, what was your shut up and take my money? Uh, drop Fleet Commander. <laughs> and Drop Fleet Commander, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit of that. Hey? As soon as it gets out, I'm buying more stuff, Yes. You're yeah. buying another box set? No, no. I mean, like, oh. I, I want to. Well, I want a, a Chiltari starter. I want to pick up the uh, ground uh, things with the clusters because mm-hmm. I didn't pick that up. I thought, oh, I'll get it later, whatever. Oh. But what now I'm like, no, up? I need it now. Now I need it now. The ground things, like the orbital defense laser stuff. No, no, the they, ground clusters, industrial. So you, oh, really? when you yeah. when you fight on the map yeah, over yeah. like uh, like cities and such like that, they they, have made, they made tokens of like little cities. Really, but they're resin skyscrapers or warehouses. Cool. So those are the areas. Somebody where you try was and smart your... and ordered mm-hmm. them in the Kickstarter, and then somebody else didn't. Boom! Black and orange, bitches. <laughs> in in what? Were they skimming over the water? Yeah, yeah. it's right oh. there. Huh. All right. <laughs> I wasn't paying close. It was just the like... first one that wasn't. But that one blew up. But it got so. blowed up. Yeah, so it that matter. one blew up. Yeah, got painted all blue. <laughs> and once he, <laughs> yeah. so moving on, um, <laughs> let's actually talk about some real content. Did you do your shut up and take? Yeah, yeah, mine yeah, okay. was the drop. Right, zone. that's right. Okay. Yeah, it's we all did it out of order. It's confusing. It's yeah. all hawk all the time on this side of the table. That's what. Well, really, everywhere but Dan. Yep. Yeah, that's currently. Right. You're playing uh, drop oh, zone and drop. Did you hear though? He hmm. said currently. Well, I didn't say that's going to change. Oh. No, 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 no. When he said currently, he meant it more so that eventually we'll switch. Yeah. Oh. Not that he'll get into it, but that oh. one of us will move on to something else, oh. which is totally fair. Or maybe Hawk will do AVP bases, and then I can buy them. There you go. Ooh, because they have totally games in that scale. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, on the topic of, like, gamer ADD and everything else, um, it, was, it was pretty fun to be able to bang out an army in a week. Yep. Or, like, weekend plus one day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Steve, I want to just ask you about the process you went about, because you painted up that army real fast. Yeah, mine was over uh, evenings last week, um, and a little bit this weekend, I guess. I spent yeah. some time doing that, so... Yeah, it's been, like, about a week and a half for that army. Yep, so the process... Well, I we guess we're kind of trying to get back to our tactical painting stuff. Yeah, this is like we a talk re- about. Revi- we're revisiting tactical painting because the two of us yeah. aggressively tactical painted our shit. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so my side of things was to try to do brushwork as little as possible because brushwork is slow. <laughs> um, so the entire plan with that army was to hit them with a, a dark blue, the old regal blue, which I still have a pot of. and I don't know what the new color is called. Me neither. Um, Pardon me? Me neither. Okay, and then I Cantor hit them. Blue, I think. Cantor, yes, it's Cantor Blue, and then I hit them with uh, Calador uh, Sky, 
and Lothar Blue. And that was the entire point. Airbrush applied and did sort of a zenithal highlight, but then also tried to pick out some of the edge details with the Lothern. So just by the way that you were holding the model, you sort of the own its own natural uh, edges to give highlights via the airbrush, which is really, really fast. It's not the cleanest way of doing things, and I probably wouldn't do that with a 28 mil scale model. Are you talking about like covering parts with your thumb and spraying over your no, thumb? No, just holding them at an angle like this so that when you're spraying, there's literally, no, you can't see the other side. So when you're right. hitting edges, you, you don't, get the the overspray so you're not spraying onto an edge or onto a 90 degree the 90 degree is away from you and you're spraying past it if that makes sense so it's analogous to like highlighting with the edge of your brush yeah very similar a cone of spray so yeah. what i did a few times yeah. for that kind of process was like start the spray and then move the model into it and then move it out again <laughs> like, so that's dangerous because i i know that can work but for me i'm always just like oh fuck too much and then it's just like drenched in paint so i i find that i i actually have pretty good control of my hpc to do that sort of uh style of uh painting it gives you a smoother finish than like dry brushing, but in all honesty, you could probably get away with just a heavy dry brush on those edges. It would probably be a little slower. So that was where I went with my tactical painting. And then just basically picked out a few details, which is sort of like, you did a lot more weathering. I think you probably did a little less highlighting than maybe I did, but you did a lot more weathering to get that other color in. Well, uh, technically I did the exact same amount of highlighting that you did. Really? Yeah, because it was, although twice, because I did... The base color mid-tone highlight for the rust. Okay, yeah. Chipping medium. Base tone mid-tone highlight for the teal. And then weathering powders. And then chipped it, and then pigments, and picked up metallics gotcha. and blacks and cream and that So kind the of same stuff. thing, just twice. Gotcha. I didn't realize you did that. Um, so, yeah, th- that was basically my entire plan was just to use airbrush. And then on the uh, veins that they have, sort of the, the warp uh, gate veins, was just uh, a bone color. So uh, paint it your typical um, Talern sand, uh, wash it with Griffin Sepia, and then dry brush it progressively lighter shades of white. And that was it. Picked out a few details in orange, and then painted the canopies black. Army finished. It was super fast, uh, about as tactical as you can get. Like, a lot of details were missed. Um, Some of the, like, they are definitely not as well done as um, the stuff out of the book. Like, they pick out every single little metal vein, that kind of stuff. Um... And again, it's probably not the greatest paint job in the world, but it is a really good trade-off between effort and time. And it definitely has some of those clean little details that draw the eye too, like the little, uh, the brighter dots and the gems in the center and everything. Mm-hmm. They really do add those contrast points, so they don't take up a lot of time or space to do. No, they're really but just they're, two colors. But there is something other than just a smooth blend to draw the eye. Yep. Which is really what you want. And, and that's kind of the point in this scale is you need to make sure that you have, like with those little gems, it's one dot of orange and then a tiny, tiny little dot of yellow because you don't want to have just a completely flat color on your tiny little bits of highlight. I actually did four on all my gems. <laughs> really? That's ridiculous. And that scale? <laughs> yeah, I did... Um, I don't think you had quite as many. Yeah, your, yours has the most. Yeah, because for me it was basically just for wherever there was like lenses off, like lenses off barrels and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and it was basically... Yeah, the Shaltari are covered in gold. Dark red that I can't remember what it was called. Oh, no, now I do. It was the, um... Ah, no, totally forgot what it was called. And then, like, (laughs) then basically the blood red analog they have now. Yep. And then fiery orange. And then the last little detail... Evil Sun Scarlet. Yep. And then the last little detail was uh, Moldy Ochre, because I love Moldy Ochre highlighting things like that. Hmm. 
because it looks real good. It's a sweet color. Um, yeah, and then for me, it was really a similar process, but I did go back and pick out a few more things by hand, just because most of you guys berated me to do so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I still think that uh, this army, you could spend a ton of time. So going back to the tactical painting, the entire way I sort of, I wanted to get this army done in a very short period of time so that we could play games. Yep. And that is also what kept me motivated to finish the army because it is in a scale that's kind of tough to get super excited about the miniatures. Um, the 10 mil scale, you don't have any face sort of like character type pieces that you can work on that actually like give you an idea of what the army sort of like the character of it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's not like on that one bald headed guy in my resistance bases. I was not going in and trying to give him rosy cheeks and nice pupils. Yeah. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the entire point was to play games, and this scale of miniature game is really, really, um, I think a lot of, like, even, like, the Epic and, uh, why am I blanking on it, the game that we played, Fantasy, uh, Master. they always have really good rule sets, and the miniatures just, because of the scale of the game, it sort of lends itself to being a better game. Does that make sense? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is that you look at the game like Drop Zone, where, you know, we don't have that much infantry. Like, yeah. I've got 12 stands of, of five dudes. So, like, 60 infantrymen. Yeah. Right? Um, but then you're also playing all the bigger things. So it's kind of like how I feel that 40k sh- is trying to be yeah. played at, but in a balanced out way. I where agree. it's not like you're playing a game with... And not to rip on you. No, 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 no. It's a no, cool I actually, army. I actually agree But it's not it. like you're playing with three knights and six fucking robots and calling it a day. No, it was seven robots, but thank you. Whatever. Um, <laughs> the No, you're totally right. 40K is a skirmish game that's trying to be an army massive scale-based game, which is what Apocalypse kind of tries to straddle. This game is Apocalypse, and it doesn't have to worry about trying to straddle also being a skirmish game. Because it's 10 mil. Yeah, and but that also takes away from it because the miniatures for 40K are better. Um, well, yeah, because you have a better scale. So for me, the, what I'm trying to get back to is the reason that I wanted to tactical paint this is I want to have a finished army so I can play the game because I really like the background and I really like the game. Um, so motivation is always like I've had my Shaltari for how long now, Mike? Couple Almost, years. Yeah, you you couple years on December, I believe. Yeah, you've been badgering me to do this forever, and have always had like one model. That's or you change of, the color in the middle. I'm like, oh, yeah. you change the color again. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a very never, weird thing to do. It's true. Can I was never. Bad? Again, I never had the but motivation you know what, to do What's it. really funny is you've gone to the color scheme that I originally yeah. had them that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do too much, and that's that's also another point that I want to make is, is when you're trying to finish an army, don't get too complex. Don't overthink it. Don't try and make it fit uh, the background. For, okay, you should say when you're trying to do something quickly and yes. efficiently, don't yeah. make it complicated. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, yeah. because there's going to be times where you want to make it complicated, but you know it's going to take longer. Yep. And what I want to say is, with the way that I did it, is I painted it to completion before I showed you guys, including like all the bases were done on all yep. the infantry stands. It was ready to go. And then after all the we- like, and the weathering was still mostly all done. And then you can go back and do a couple details here and there, but it still looks completed either way. It's yep. not like you're saving doing the basing until last. You get to a tournament, you've got an army that's the models are eighty percent done, but the bases are like ten percent done. Yeah, and I guess that's kind getting of the-, the bases completed is going to help the army look more cohesive and get you more excited to play. It ties yes. it all together really quick. Yeah, doing your bases first is always a good idea, without a doubt. But I mean. 
what I'm trying to say here is if you can get an army, if you can stay motivated to finish something, even if you're not super happy with how it's turning out, you can always, as long as it's like the base coats are done well and the details are picked out relatively well, you can always come back and add more edge highlights, add more detail work, embellish the models. And the thing is, is you will probably want to do that more if you have finished the army and played games with it. Speaking right. of which, what else did we do? We actually played some games. We did. We did. And that's the entire reason that I uh, painted up the army, is I saw everybody having a great time playing Drop Zone at the tournament. I wasn't having a great time. Okay, thanks, Dan. <laughs> it's because you were uh, home watching the Heritage Classic. Wait, it won 3 nothing. You were having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't having fun playing Drop Zone. That's fair. That's entirely fair. No. Um, hey, Ward, can you squirt my glass? I can squirt in your glass. We found a new soft drink called Squirt. I actually think we have a new drink for the Hobby Name Canada official drink. It's Squirt and Gin. I want to know why it's so wrinkly, though, on the label. The label is insanely wrinkly. Oh, it's so wrinkled. It's a little shriveled. I'm just, I'm just going straight Squirt. I don't need more gin. Oh, okay. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, because we were playing games, right? And I mean, there was a no, no, moment okay. on Wednesday. Wait, wait a second. So what I was going to say is the entire reason that I wanted to finish up the army and the entire reason I wanted to paint the Shaltari, because I've always said they're not my favorite aesthetic, is because they play so well. And if you they can play, play Eldar. They play Eldar. They play Eldar and Wraithguard like they actually should. So I wanted to always paint up the army to play the game. And because we were playing games and when I was watching people play games, that's what motivated me to finish the entire army. And then the other thing, too, is we were we had played one game, and yep. then we were playing another game this last Wednesday, and we... Or no, I guess Saturday. Yeah. And you had the choice of, I could take units that are not painted, or but units are probably that are. much better. <laughs> but they're probably much better, or, or take the ones that are painted... And you made the choice, which yeah. I actually appreciate, to just run with the painted models. Well, you appreciate it because you also kicked my ass again. And we knew that that was going to happen going in. Four and one! Yeah. Um, apparently, taking an army with zero anti-air in drop zone is not a great idea when your infantry is your only anti-air. Well, especially when you're not playing your gates very aggressively. But that's another conversation yeah, yeah, for every yeah, day. Yeah. But the punchline was is that actually forcing yourself to play painted, even yeah. on a casual setting... It helps you get stuff done. Especially in drop zone, because the tables, one of the things that we were talking about is the tables for drop zone look cool. And that's kind of the reason we've always come back to this point, like the 2D terrain in uh, War Machine kind of takes away from the fun of the game. It kind of takes away from the, the fact that you're playing with miniatures. The tables for drop zone, and Mike, you have awesome buildings. That's part of it. Like the card buildings are good, but the... The plastic. The ones. HO scale ones that you have? End scale. End scale. Uh, which I need to figure out where you actually picked those up from because they Probably look wholesale. Really, same place. And we got like ninety-five percent of the things of ours that are not toy soldiers comes from that store. Okay, wait. Are those, they're actually in town. You didn't have to order them in. Oh no, I had to get them to order it in for ah, me. Gotcha. But they got it for me. Yes, gotcha. Okay. I think they actually have a couple of doubles of the ones that I bought as well. Still there. Nice. Okay. Well, I might have to pick up a few because again, the tables for for Drop Zone are really really cool and they add to the game a huge amount and not only that but they're also perfect to be used with Battletech yep that's and true. Robotech you definitely don't need the biggest of the big ones for Battletech because they're just they would take up like eight hexes which is crazy but <laughs> of course duh completely insane <laughs> it's but, madness I say some of the smaller ones especially are like fucking fantastic for Battletech yeah. and the amount of detail is just fantastic they're just there's a whole bunch of great miniature companies doing whether it's MDF or plastic or the cardboard, even. 
Yeah, like it's just oh it the cardboard well stuff for uh, for drop zone is fantastic. Actually, it's really really for nice. Forty stuff. bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, or no, it's sixty bucks or something. whatever. But I mean, fifty. Pounds. And then there's and then there's the two different types, right? You, there's yeah. your cityscape and then there's the ruined well, cityscape. Hell, even if you have a starter set, that's not bad. Yeah, frankly, well, two starter sets is all you need. Um, yeah, so when you're when you have a a miniatures game, play with your painted stuff. Start with the small games. And you will be su- you'll be surprised how, how quickly yeah how much you're motivated to do that yeah for sure and the other thing too is that you're not going to one of the problems that I always found back when I was playing games just to play tournament size especially yeah. with fantasy and 40k is you would make up these lists and then you try out a unit you get them half painted and you're like fuck this unit sucks and then it never gets finished yeah oh yeah I have Ever. a few armies like that Ever. I, so what's even funnier is I have warp spiders from when they sucked that I started painting up and was like, this is going to be awesome. Now they're really good, and I still haven't painted them up because <laughs> I just don't care. Like, I'm kind of mad. Well, because they're half-painted models from yeah, six years ago. Exactly. Exactly. Now they're, like, probably the best thing in the entire game, but I've never finished them. So, uh, yeah, you know, finishing up an army just to play games is actually a good idea. Even if you're not super happy with how it's... Um, it's playing. It helps if you have friends that are willing to not take just complete dick lists against you. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not <laughs> playing that super competitive meta, if you are playing the smaller games, just more fun style games. Yeah. Um, like, we were both learning the game. We learned a ton oh, yeah, on like, Saturday. What I learned on Saturday is that most people in the tournament weren't even playing with all the rules. No, not at all. And there's even more stuff with uh, getting into buildings that we missed as well. Why? You know how we've always thought... Why would you ever allocate to a wall? What's the point? You can't enter from that wall. Uh, That's why you allocate to a wall. And because it's specifically based on doors... They cannot come through the door. They have to knock the door down. You're barricading that section of the building. That's why you allocate to a wall. That's why anti-infantry weapons on tanks are great. Because you can kill the infantry on that wall and then enter the building. Fuck, this game just keeps getting cooler. I know, right? Uh, and then if you play, like, the only uh, unit in the entire game is Mike's favorite, Destroyers, they don't give a shit that you're barricading a wall. They just come through. through. Yeah. Actually, did <laughs> they just Kool-Aid man it? They Kool-Aid man they through, Kool-Aid man <laughs> through <laughs> the building. Did you hear about that new tank, though, like this game. That's like that shoots the razor worms through the wall? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> they just blow their loads directly into a building yeah. from the side of it, and you're just like, oh, thanks. I'm full of worms. <laughs> Great. Razor worms are really good, too. Uh, no, the game's awesome, and I'm I'm insanely amped to play, and despite the fact that I lost two games, because we had such uh, actually like a cinematic Game. Not only that, but we that both were we were both approaching it as noobs with painted armies. Yeah, because exactly. we tactical painted, we got them done to a standard we were like mostly happy with. Yeah. in a very short period of time. Which, if you're not talking about like a big war machine or 40k or whatever version of fantasy battles you're playing these days, <laughs> um, kind of game. Yeah, you could do that with almost any game, like Infinity, Malifaux, Drop Zone, a Space Marine Army. You want to play a thousand point Space Marine Army? You can paint them up, and you can t- you can tactical paint them to a relatively decent standard in a couple of days if you really want to go that far. Um, and, and you can play games. You're not going to play tournament games. And I just want to say this because it's been so long since I, think we think, since I think we've talked about tactical painting. The idea is you're painting a lot of the techniques that look pretty good for minimal effort. Like you're trying to maximize your output for minimizing your effort. So for me, it was all chipping medium, uh, and weathering pigments was kind of yeah. the main go-to, and then a bit of sponge weathering on the white details that I picked out. Uh, for you, a lot of it was just getting that, focusing on the high-contrast color scheme yep. right out of the gate. Yep. Uh, gates. I have a lot of <laughs> gates in my army. 
Drop zone joke. Dad jokes part two. Yeah. <laughs> the drop zoning. Uh, but yeah, so focusing, and I think it really starts tactical painting before anything else is at your color scheme. Mm-hmm. If you put that extra five, ten minutes, like I remember when I was working on mine, the and first again, thing I did was give Dan a call and be like, dude, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? You gotta make sure that you, you come up with something that's not, you're not overthinking it. Like the that green metallic thing, terrible idea. Blue, white, very, very high contrast with an orange uh, accent color. I mean, that's as high contrast as it goes. It's pretty simple to paint blue. Uh, yours was red and and other reds. I I came up with the bone mic. Don't 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 yeah. Don't take you, it I all mean, away from me, okay? Okay, I just took a little bit of away. From well, but like that. your scourge works the same way too, right? Yeah. Where you're airbrushing metallics, and then you've got I think the two different colors of um, three. You've got the blue. No, just green. two. Really? Just blue and blue green. green. Ghost tints. Then you pick out details. Where's the yeah, purple? You don't you have purple in there? Nope. It's oh. probably where the green and the that would actually make sense when they mix. That would turn purple, blue and green. What? No, no. It'll be red. It'll be red. And red. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I, I don't know where you're going with this one. I, I, that, that, that but either be... way, like, so you're, you're looking uh, at on. starting with the with airbrush, it. yeah, and then well, that's the, that's the thing with the scourge are super quick to paint. It's like you do it up in metallics, and then pick up. You do lenses. some highlight. You do a, a nice wash, as in nice, not too hard, like just the right amount, basically, and then you do the 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 candy effect over top of it, and you're done. It's mostly airbrushing. Yep. And then just picking out a few details. Yeah. And I got to say, Drop Zone is a really cool game for being able to show off a lot of these real flashy techniques and getting an army done in, what, five days to two weeks? Yeah. I know uh, Ward has his army also finished. He's got a PHR. I mean, he went. But the, the, we're, that's at the other side where you went crazy, though, because that's stencils. He did stencils on it, but even so, for yeah. Ward, Ward finished an army. So it's basically like speed painting. Well, but I, <laughs> no, no. But to be totally fair, though, like this, not to downplay it, but stencils are in my mind an aspect. Unless you're doing digital camo, yeah. you get a pass there, Mike, because yes, that is it. bullshit. <laughs> um, but if you're doing just kind of a, a larger layout stencil, that's tactical painting because you're getting a really cool effect for putting down a stencil and getting some spray. I guess really quick. And it's not to yeah. downplay compared how sweet to, it looks, but it's these compared, are the things you can do. Compared to if you tried to do that by hand. Right. And get the same... Grade. Impossible! Ward's just shaking no, his head like no. he has PTSD. I, w- I, would, <laughs> I would not have tried that. Like, yeah. trying to get, like, a hex pattern that so With a fade effect, too. Don't with it, with a fade effect, yeah. <laughs> just like, no, no. So it'd be painting, like, epic-scale Harlequins at that point by hand. Pretty much, yeah. 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 That, that's not happening. No. <laughs> <laughs> Harlequins are brutal enough. I've I've painted a few. <laughs> let, alone, let alone epic scale. Yeah. By hand. Yep. No, uh, yeah. I'm super amped on the game, and I'm really kind of. We haven't talked about tactile painting in a really long time, and I think it, it's worth mentioning every once in a while that it is a valid way of getting an army done, and it's not an end. Like it, it gets your ta- your army tabletop to a, I don't know, the old sort of uh, tournament style uh, painting guide you'd probably have like a four or a five on the checklist and then like the extra embellishments you may not get like you've got your basing you've got your highlights you've got your your uh shades that kind of and you normally have one or two pieces of flash whether it's going to be like um back with my necrons that we talked about when we first talked about this doing that bit of osl and the little bit of weathering right if (sighs) that checks off a lot of lists right yep like you're so. gonna be if you're going for the best overall kind of thing, this is not going to hinder you. It's it's a very good way to approach a game, and a lot of people now focus on like finishing a model and finishing it to an insane standard, and that's partly because of like 
I think in a lot of cases, social media and how much we have in the way of uh, uh, products available to us, that it is pretty easy to get a really good effect if you put in a ton of time. Those old school sort of uh, techniques where you can do something really quick and it's okay, it's good enough to play with, are kind of not really there anymore. Everybody's really focusing on getting the best possible thing. But at the same time, Steve, I I think those are almost different things because we're talking about with tactical painting, a lot of these newer things we have allow you to get effects that none of us could have even fucking dreamed sure. of. Sure, I mean the airbrush is, is a big yeah. thing on its own. Airbrush, dry brushing OSL wouldn't quite be the same. Pigments yeah. is a big one. Shipping mediums, like all of these no, things true. that we have that we can just walk down to the hobby store and buy instead of having to fuck around with hairspray and rock salt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's not so good. That can go so <laughs> south so fast. Like you know what you you know like. I, maybe it's, this is the first time I've used chipping pigment or chipping medium in like an army scale, but anyone could do that. Okay, maybe we're I'm going a little off topic here, but I feel like lately I see more like fifty percent finished armies at tournaments than I ever have. Like people that get into something and they have a few models that are really well done, and a lot of models that are not even close. Like they are three colors, and that's pushing it. Well, I think that's maybe a topic for another day. Yeah, I know. I'm just I, saying that I think that that old style of painting is really important and really important to the overall. And people would would do quick techniques that were uh, relatively good and gave you that 80 percent, and people were happy with that. Like that idea of my favorite color is done. Kind of doesn't really exist much anymore thanks, in my mind. Um, which is too bad, you know, because a lot of cases you can be smart about it and do something really good. You don't have to put in a golden demon effort. And All I, I want to just say this one thing and then cut it off right there because okay. this would be the, another conversation. But during that time, we had to paint our models to play in the store. That's true. That's true. So you had to get good at that. That's good, and you had good to finish point. it. It's mm-hmm. a good point. I, I also think by you guys painting the army so fast and, and showing so much interest, hopefully it generates more interest in the community too where people are just like, yeah, this is like totally possible. I can do this. I can... And maybe yeah, if you actually come actually out and play has. games, and people are like, holy shit, I can play games with Ward? Speaking no, of which... Nobody wants to play... Well, they do, because I lose games. Yeah, so. you do. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of which, when are we going to get some drops on him? We got uh, literally a game that four to five of us play. Soon? Which has not happened since the Great Depression. Since we all played 40K. Yeah. It's, mm, it's still the Great Depression. No, Fantasy. Because uh, I have not actively played 40K has Ward in a played very fantasy? long... Yeah. Would you have a fantasy army? He's at like three. What? I used to. Did he sell them? Most of them. Most of them. There what? Was Z- I think the Zine Shen. I don't know if the Camry was ever playable. Yeah. Well, the Camry was the first to be playable. And then they were repainted. Yeah. Or they're primed and repainted. Scared and then they're primed no another time and they never finished again. Yeah. That's this is game. like I'm learning something about you that I never knew. This is like you, you had a brother that, I don't know. Is estranged or something. Because like, I haven't actively played 40k since like the first year of 4th Ed. Yeah, but we played a lot of 40k back then, so it doesn't seem that weird. I've never played a game of fantasy with Ward. This seems very strange. Soon, soon as I'm back from my trip, let's play some drop zone. Okay. I need I need practice anyway for Vegas. So yeah, you do. Okay, so on the topic of drop zone things, um, Hawk had a Kickstarter for a new a new game. Uh, what about a, not quite a year ago? About eight months? No, 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 no. No, it started in November. Didn't I it? I put my pledge in. Yeah. October thirtieth. Okay, there we go. So it is a full year. Just, just a year. And we've just seen Drop Fleet. 
finally hit the shelves. Yes. Which is a little funny. Not the Kickstarter, but the, the box. The two-player starters hit all the retailers. Um, and you guys should be seeing your stuff soon, because I know places outside of Canada have already started receiving rewards. Well, we, we he's basically said... It's all done except for to- uh, acrylic tokens and a map and a Scourge space station. But everything they have ready is getting shipped out. So I, he's basically said, if you've ordered from us and you don't have any of these items, it's all ready. We're just – they're having a problem packing 4,500-something packages in a month and shipping them all out. But it's on its way, yes. Yeah. So, so the two-player start is actually – in stores now. So what comes in it, Mike? Well, you get two starter fleets. You get one for the UCM. You get one for the Scourge. You get a map. Two maps, actually. You get a bunch of reference cards uh, for both sides and then a turn card. And then you get these really awesome, I think they're awesome stands that come with them that track damage, your position in orbit, and whether you have any energy spikes. So That's pretty cool. There, and it there's should be a noted that energy spikes are an incredibly important part of the game. Yes, they are. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the more the more you're spiking your energy, the easier you are to see on a radar and shoot. Yeah, yes. all, all the weapons in the game have unlimited range, so you can shoot clear across the board. But it, but, it, but it they depends. have to detect you first. Yeah, so and that changes your detection. So if you're running silent, they're going to be harder to detect. Less likely that you're going to be shot at or hit if they do shoot at you. Whereas if you go weapons hot and you basically do big energy weapons bloom free, in space, weapons, weapons free. free. It, then you'll have a big energy bloom in space, and they're like, oh, there is that fucker. I'm going to shoot him now. Yeah. We should also mention that it's not radar, I'm assuming, in that case. If it's heat, probably infrared. It's it's, <laughs> it's multiple sensors. The sensor suite. I would also, since I've actually read the rules, gone on, I will. you'll be happy to know that there's a lot of drop zone commander feel to oh, really? this for how the rules integrate and how they work. And I was honestly expecting that to be the case, because... Yeah. Is it Dave? Is that the guy? Dave Hawk and Andy Chambers. Andy Chambers. So it's basically so yeah. It's got a drop zone. It's got a honestly, if you took Gothic and drop zone and and meshed it, it's pretty much right there. Why I'm so excited about this because I love Gothic. (laughs) Do you get these little containers? No. Oh. It's like that's what fuck the models. I want this tiny plastic (laughs) container. I'd like to organize my chips, please. So how big are the fleets that you're getting? Oh, so you get uh, each uh, each of the stars has three cruisers and four frigates to go with it, right? And basically, this sprue will let you do any configuration of cruiser, except for two of the bigger ones where you have to combine parts from one to another. But since you have three, it's not an issue, really. Yeah, okay. So, but anyways, and you can also magnetize this stuff if you want to and you're crazy. Yeah, I actually small. wasn't enough crazy to magnetize. I well, guess. and you've got a bunch more coming right Yeah, now. so I got lots coming. But anyways, it lets you build up to 10 different cruisers for both sides. It's a lot like the old uh, Battlefleet Gothic starter set. Where yes, you where you, you pick your escorts. sides, you pick your nose. Exactly. You get a lot more. Uh, you get the escorts or frigates now in this yeah. case, but you, you get to actually, like, the different little parts in the sprue make different cruisers. Like, the same superstructure is reused. Do you yes. have a full-size rulebook? It's like an Omni-mech. <laughs> no one actually got Whoa. that one. Oh, they my God! It. It's Dan, even the... It, the, it's the it. it is the Gothic rulebook! It is. It's the stupid, like, weird... The A4 format? Yeah, it's, it's the wrong way rulebook. Yeah! 
Yeah. No, if anybody knows the gothic rulebook, it's the same. It looks, yeah. yeah. Like, it, 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 as soon as you open it, you're going, oh my god, it's gothic! Instead of the spine being on the long edge, it's on the short. Yeah. yeah. So it won't fit in any of your bookshelves. <laughs> It'll just no, no, there's, like a sleeve. there's a sleeve that comes with it, and you can put it in the bookshelf normally. They learned! There's, there's, a, there's a sheath? Yeah. <laughs> Three. Is it rubber? I'll no, look, no, I'll no, it's sheath. just a sheath. Oh, so it fits in your bookshelf. Oh, fuck. Oh, beautiful. They learn, man. That Okay, I gotta say, that is a minor detail, but that is, that's kind of a big deal, to actually. To you, it's a major detail? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, and the layout even looks like gothic. <laughs> yeah. Like, it... Yeah, the rule's at the front and the little fleet's at the back. And this one's now color-coded, so it's easier to find. Look at the quick reference sheets. Do you yeah. have weapon shifts for range? Yep. Do uh, torpedoes stay yeah. in play until they hit their targets? Yes. <laughs> or until you are, uh, there's a chance you can blow up on a, a six on a d6. But otherwise, oh, it missed you that turn. Okay, it's still on your tail, and you're like, what? Oh, no, no okay, so it's on your tail, but it's not like the sweet little tokens flying across the yeah. board? No, 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 it's not. It's, oh, yeah, no. It, no, there is a token for it, and it does move towards you. <gasps> but once it's on you, it stays on you until Fuck, you it's either... gothic, but with cooler <laughs> models! <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And presumably more game balance. Because yes. goddamn Necrons. But also the big difference between this and, like, a, a space game would be that it's all in orbit. And so again, yeah, you win the game by taking over clusters on the ground. So just like Drop Zone, it, Infantry wins the actual game, game by taking the cities. Boots you have on to the take ground. the cities. So it's, it's Battlefleet Gothic with Drop Zone win mechanics, which is why... Everybody when the Kickstarter came out went insane. Effectively, yeah, yeah it's good stuff. Oh, I thought so, oh, man. Yeah, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you said you weren't going to play because they didn't have a resistance fraction, Todd. That's what I remember you saying. Which is bullshit. For the record, it, you know what? They've <laughs> been living on a planet no, no, without no. space no, no, no. travel for 162 years. The game's not played in space. This is played in low Earth orbit, where they have not had ships because if they come above ground, the scourge murder them. I'm still thinking I might do my Scourge, like, Independence Day Army, where it's, like, a couple of resistance fighters have gone <laughs> That would actually virus. make the most sense, where they, like, <laughs> stole some Scourge ships. Yeah. Considering the resistance No, no, actually, what you want to do is you want to steal UCM, because you're, the Ferals hate the UCM. Ooh, because we do have daddy issues. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Abandoned they would more likely to be allied with the PHR. Well, it was actually really fun to play against Trevor yeah. at the yeah. at Onslaught well, and are. sing the Cats in the Cradle oh, while the Resistance is playing against the UCM because yeah, they just fucking abandoned out. us. <laughs> that one guy out of uh, New, not New Orem. What, what's the uh, city that? Because there's two Resistance commanders. The guy that the ran, New York guy. No, the, well, there's the New York guy now in um, uh, Reconquest Phase Two, but in Phase One, there's. The friend of the UCM and the other guy that's brutally insane. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> Alkazan, I think? Maybe? The tyrant of something. Yeah. New Atlanta? New Atlantia. Yeah. Atlantia. The tyrant of New Atlantia. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but anyways, yes. <laughs> the lost city of Atlanta. <laughs> I, I got that's called names. Futurama. I got called so names good. for uh, my pledge amount because like it seems like everybody did a uh, Commodore level. Yeah. And I didn't. No, that's fine, but do you know why everybody... Because you got to pick everything for Commodores, what it let you do. If you yeah. didn't want Scourge, you didn't have to pick Scourge. You could pick everything. Yeah, but the problem is that I just bought everything, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, but I'm get, I'm getting two of the starter base sets, yeah. and then like I did with my... I like um, how we were supposed to be talking about the starter set, and everybody's immediately just talking about all the fleets that they want. <laughs> Sorry, Ward, I have a question. I, did you order a UCM fleet? I, have, I will be having two starters of every single fleet. 
every single faction, I should say. Do you want to just sell me your UCM fleet? Mm, probably not, because those ships look fucking awesome. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say, since we've already moved away from the starter box, but, but, it's failed. But, but, no, no, but the models, by the way, we should say this about the starter, they are... Yeah, they're good. Really nice. Easily the nicest space with air quotes fleet like ships yeah. I have ever seen for a miniature game. Yeah, yeah specifically well, the UCM I think yeah. looks really good. Even the Scourge, oh, dude, See, the look Scourge at the ones in here. But the Scourge aren't my favorite, but I actually have to say, but they have character. Yeah. You may not like them, but they actually have an the, aesthetic. The, in in no, Firestorm Armada, what, none of them actually have character. No, but I was going to say the starter set model. So I was looking at always the 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 pledge, Scourge stuff. Yeah, the starter set models look really good. They look like uh, they actually have some direction to them and some shape. Yep, they aren't blocky. I'm going to also weird. go with they didn't take the pictures. Well, the dragon looks horrible. What? I hate the dragon. No, you have to look at the dragon from this one. I I don't like it. I I'm just saying. It's okay. It's okay. I really like, like the the cruisers for the scourge. I feel like they were the ones that had. The, well, the Shaltari actually don't look the greatest. No, they don't. It's you see on the PHR is the best looking. In oh, the PHR look insanely good, especially the way they're painted in the the rule book with the like. Cream metallic and teal. Oh, yeah. so good. The uh, insanely good. The UCM the topic of cream. <laughs> yeah. The UCM reminds me teams. of a cross of Halo and um, the Colonial Marines from, like, Aliens. Yes, which is why everybody's going insane like, about them. The Halo ships for the uh, the UCM, is it the UCM for the Marines in Halo? Or did you see something? Anyways. I don't know. United Colonial Marine Corps, UCM. Anyways, uh, look very, very similar with the, like, the two halves where they've got the, like, the upper deck and then the lower sort of yeah. section. And the sides of that look very similar to the aliens uh, ship. What was the name of the alien ship that was going to LB? Nostromo. Nostromo looked very similar to the Nostromo on the side. Like it has that that uh, well done, width. By the way. I knew somebody in this group would know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is not that is not a general public question. <laughs> Someone here would know that, the name. That should of that be ship. on the next pub quiz. Uh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should definitely put that uh, in the pub quiz. Since I'm, I got the captain level, which gives me two of the starter set boxes. Uh, and then plus all my extra boltons, but I'm gonna take my second rule book and actually get it coil ringed, mm. uh, like I did with my um, drop smart. zone book, and then that way I can just fold over it on itself and it will lay nice and flat for gaming. So that is the one thing I will give that uh, Hawks rule books are not well bound. They're like the old uh, GW style bindings; they fall apart. Build soft cover. I haven't oh. had a problem with any of the bindings, no. but just having we it also handy. don't play with them as much as we used to. We might bite your tongue. I do. Wait, maybe. Yours looks as used as my gothic one, my second gothic one does. Looks very, very simple. Okay, so let's save the rest of this when we actually see the stuff. But let's review this box. So does it it come with dice? Yes, it comes with a dice tape measure. Does it come with, so you've got the mats that you can play on? Yep. Two different mats. Two different mats. It's Comes, got both fleets. It's got a full-size rule book. Yep. It's got reference cards. Yes. Anything I'm missing? It comes with the card uh, markers, uh, tokens. They're not that great. Are they punch-out? They're punch-out. And it comes with the cluster cardboard punch-outs punch out. as well. 
And it comes with the two starter fleets uh, and instructions to show you and sweet, how to build. sweet bases. Oh, and yes, bases for. And all. we should also mention that a big starter fleet for a starter set that's actually pretty solid. Yes. Considering Absolutely. that Gothic again came with four ships. Yeah, this one comes with th- six cruisers in total and eight frigates. So seven ships aside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know how much beyond that you're going to need to play a standard game? I would honestly say you probably need one more starter set, and then after that, you're just tweaking. You'll buy maybe a battleship, maybe an extra couple of cruisers or something, and then you're done. I don't Which is smart, because it's it's basically, again, it comes down, it's, it's more or less the same as the Battlefleet Gothic stuff. Yeah. Grab oh, two and starter sets, too. Yeah. get yourself a battleship, get yourself a couple of frigates, you're good to go. All right. That's why I have two starter sets and for Battlefleet Gothic. And how many? And it'll be fleets. it'll be interesting to see how they package everything too. Because right now, I mean, there's going to be your two player starter set, and then there's you're going to be your box sets of your starter factions. And then are they going to release cruisers as a single like sprue? I imagine a blister style. Uh, yeah, well, no, no, it's it's all on a tree though. But yeah, it's box. interesting. Yeah, idea. so it, it'll be interesting to see yeah how they release it and then new new ships and such that get added. Corvettes, to it. yes. Oh, and, and you know what? I also have the feeling ahead. You know, we have drop zone reconquest, reconquest two. To my understanding, it's yeah. supposed the same thing is supposed to happen to drop fleet. So I'll get my resistance and reconquest. And also, as Mike was showing me in the... Well, I don't know if you have your resistance, but you may have some, like, space assets that maybe will help the UCM. Like, you'll be able to ally them with PHR or UCM is kind of my guess. Um, Like, you might have an orbital defense laser that maybe they've kept manning or something like that. There Um, are space stations, too. Yeah. So they'll give the resistance something, for sure, because there's plenty of people that are like, why don't I have something? Like, you're, it doesn't make sense for you to have a fleet, but they'll throw you a bone. That's my point. <laughs> okay, so, um, wrapping this up then, yeah. how much does it cost? It's 135 for the starter, and that gets you Canadian, and we've got the shitty dollar going. That gets you everything in that box. It's enough to play for two people right off the bat. Really good. It's actually really good. That's the same price as a, a Fantasy or 40K starter box. No, not anymore. Remember, those bo- those starters are now 180 now, aren't they, most of the uh, time? Depends on which ones. There are, like, Lost Patrol is cheaper. It's, there's so many different starter okay. sets to get into, it's it's kind of hard to compare. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Well, the War Machine Hordes it's in the same starter range. is about 100 It's bucks. in the same range. It's in the it's same is. range as a starter It's set. in a reasonable range, and they are beautiful models. So. And it is full-size rulebook, and you're getting all the... You, you can play right out of the box. Yes. With a good size game, it's not like you're playing like a 500 point 40k game with two really unbalanced so you're playing forces. You're probably about 50 or 70 percent, depending upon which builds yeah. of cruisers you make. Yeah. So, pucks. Okay, I'll go first. Five. I'm gonna give it a five. I'm I'm kind of into this one. Kinda. Yeah, it's <laughs> really Ward. Really I'm gonna one. give it a four. Why? <gasps> the. Is it because you don't get PHR in it? No, 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 that's fine. I'm, I'm used to collecting armies that are not in starter sets. Um, <laughs> that sounds, sounds like you're trying to be like, an, I don't know, some sort of... A hipster? Hipster, yes. yeah. Gaming hipster? Uh, no, for me, it's the uh, the punch-out tokens. Oh, they suck, yes. That's That's the only drawback, I would that's say. That's going to take it down to a four? But that what? that's just the starter set. The game itself, the, you'll be able to buy, like, resin tokens and templates. Dude. And those are what I'm buying. It's 130 bucks for 14 models. Listen, still a four. Oh. Wow. And I'm going to probably go buy it anyway. So. <laughs> that seems no, like no, you're... No, no, probably. That seems like you are 
giving way too much emphasis on your cardboard tokens. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If, yeah. <laughs> for me, all the space games kind of mush together, I like the fact that this one harkens back a lot to Gothic, so I will give it the benefit of the doubt with a four, but I'm, I'm just not that stoked on fleet games because yeah, there's been fine. so many, and they're all the same to me. Fair enough. So, I'm going to give this starter set a five. Because good man, good man. It, it's decent value. It's got everything you need to get going. The models are fucking gorgeous. Like after or after having seen all the different fleet games out there, these yeah. aren't just better. These blow the rest of them out of the water. The only ship that I would say they maybe did not blow out of the water is some of the um, the Battlefleet Gothic Imperial battleships. But that is because there's an aesthetic that was very well established and people were really excited about that battleship. Otherwise these are better than the plastic cruisers, better than the Eldar fleet, all that good stuff. They're they're as sweet looking as those god awful Necron ships that were really good. Oh, well the Necron ships weren't even that good. The problem is you could withdraw. You'd like take a whole bunch of hull points and withdraw and get all your fucking victory points back. Yeah, that didn't make any damn sense. Yeah, that was really frustrating. Like, oh, oh. and their little guys could move like across the entire board in a turn because they had the hyperspace drives or whatever it was called, where they could like boost eight d six plus something or stupid. I can't <laughs> remember what it was. But yeah, the entire reason the Necrons were broken is because they could do a ton of damage to your fleet, and you could get them all down to one hull point, and they could withdraw and get like fifty percent victory points, and you never could win. Ugh, Necrons. Was there an addendum to five? St- Although if you ever did manage to turn it into a drifting hulk, you got like way extra. Oh yeah, you got tons. Which I did once due to an epic string of sixes and like hull breaches and d6 extra hull points and blah blah blah. Like one lance, yeah, like totally fucked over a tomb ship and turned it into a drifting hulk. And I was like thousands of victory points. Yes, yeah, that was the entire balancing factor. Just never happened from one crippled dauntless. I think really? <laughs> yeah. Dauntless. Yeah. My, Dauntless is shit. my only <laughs> I have no caveat for this box game. The only caveat I've got is I know the resistance, it doesn't make sense for them to have a fleet. You want a fleet. But here's the problem. They're making you. this game so it ports beautifully with drop zone. Have you seen the fact that they have integration with drop zone rules in the book? Yeah. I know. Yeah. So it just it kind of sucks that they one of their armies, which I just so happened to play doesn't port well with this game. Like I'm telling you, and they're probably gonna never will. They're probably going to figure out something because I guarantee you're not the only resistance player that is not happy about this. You could get Borg. Yeah, you could, and then you could be all like, "Resistance is futile." Oh. Well, no, that would be a very different. Scenario. Or, or you could just get UCM, like we said, and have all the burn through lasers. Okay. Anyways, I'd like to transition this over because this is actually a brand new game. We've talked about a lot of new games before where it's something that's been around for four or five years, but we haven't... I thought you were going to say decades and talk about Battletech. No, well, don't do that. that's a whole different beast. But like okay. when I got into Malifaux, it was already on the 1.5, right? Yeah. Uh, people getting into Infinity, it's already in second edition. Yeah. Whether or not it's big locally or has been for the last few years, the game's been around in the five to ten year range. This game is brand new. So the question is, how can you encourage store owners to carry these games? And the flip side is, what could store owners do to bring players into their store and get them to actually move product? Because that's a conversation that it's really nice to look at it for a new game like this, 
But even a game that's been around for a while that no one locally supports, you want to be able to build that rapport between the gamers and the store owners. Because the more symbiotic the relationship can be, the more successful it's going to be for everybody. Gamers have a place to go and buy their product and play their games, and the store owners are moving things off the shelves. So the question is, what are some of the things that the, the gamers can do to support this, and what are some of the things that the store owners could do to help actually support well, these games as the well? the first thing... Um is a lot of the programs like the GW Outriders and the Hawk Talons and the Malifaux Henchmen. There you go. Thank you. Did not know what they were called. Uh, is the first way for a store owner to really get in contact with the community because the idea behind those programs are for those people to sort of be the pillar of the community. Um, and generally, they're going to bring along the escalation leagues and the tournaments and that sort of stuff that will grow the the community within your store um so i think the first thing is to hopefully the game that you're into if you want to sort of foster those relationships has one of those company sort of outrider type programs because they go a long way yeah yep and i can't think of really any modern game company outside of gw and they're kind of a weird one because they've got their own entire retail branch. And that's the thing, is they've got their own version-ish. Yeah. Because they yeah. own their own stores. Yeah, so, so I think... So all the employees are outriders now. Effectively. Yeah. Yeah, because they run their... Well, they some of them run their tournaments, and, and that is changing with LVO, and they're actually coming back to run events, that kind of thing, but that's a different tangent. Your local store set, I think the, the big thing is if you don't... If you're into a game and you don't have a store or a community for it, Become that outrider, become that hawk talent, become that uh, henchman or press ganger. Yeah, exactly. And I know a lot of the people that are the original sort of um, uh, first early adopter in the, in the games locally here. That like Trevor for for hawk. Yeah, Tre- Trevor definitely springs to mind. Um, and I don't I don't know the other ones. I'm sorry to say, but I imagine that Jordan, those Jordan from Malifaux. Yeah. And- yeah, they get into those stores and they start sort of bringing those stores. Uh, Running demos is the big thing, I think, to start. So you need to, if you want to oh, yeah. okay. build this rapport, you're going to have to get enough to do two sets because you got to show people. Mm. If you don't promote it and you can't show them how it works or how it looks, they're not going to be interested in buying it. You can't, it dies right in its infancy. Are you talking right about the, the press gangers and the talent and that kind of or, thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Any kind of required to have. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's related. one of the requirements. Yeah. But if you're not even if you're not one of those people, haven't been officially recognized, you can still push your game, but you need to have two sets. Okay. Yep. Up, up and going, right? That's a good point. Yeah, just like so you, the starter set painted up both sides. Yeah, there you go. You're talking about the store then having that? Like, no, no. You're going to have to do it yourself because if you're trying to promote it, the store's not sure if they yeah. want it yet. You're going to have to... It's like being out in the wild on your own. you got to show there's a market for it. Or, yes. Yeah, it makes sense. That's a good point. Did but not even think there of There is also the kind of flip side to that of if if the store's not willing to at least bring in the starter, the starter yes. and then a starter box for each faction, it's never going to go anywhere, right? Because yep. you no, can absolutely. run all the demos you want in the world. In stores, yeah. And if they're like, yeah, that was amazing. I want to play so-and-so. Because you explain all the different factions and you do that whole Steve Fitzpatrick Order, demo it'll be game. here in two weeks. And Nothing yeah. kills momentum like not being able to impulse buy a starter set. Lots yeah. of gamers are impulse buyers. And if it's not right there automatically. There we go. Certainly for starter sets. The bare minimum. If you didn't know this. Stock. Geeks are impulse buyers. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the entire reason you have a retail store. In a, in a mall like Westad, that kind of thing. It, it, you need to have people that are wandering through and they, they run a demo game and they're stoked because they just crushed their buddy or whatever. 
and they want to pick up a starter set. That's how GW makes their money and gets new people. Um, so if your local game store doesn't see that, it's really tough to overcome it unless you can bring an already dedicated community in, like you have some buddies that are playing. And a lot of times... Even then, there's less to gain for yeah. the retailer because if people already have stuff, yeah. they're going to be buying less stuff. And if they're making uh, you know, sort of those more calm, calculated decisions on what they need for their army, they're okay to wait two weeks to order it off of, I don't know, Amazon or the retailer's website or whatever it might be. Um, so it is tough, I think, for for a lot of individuals to get game stores into this stuff. You have to have a receptive game store owner that is willing to branch out into new markets. And for a game like this, it's going to be kind of hard for everyone to have all the toys they need. Yep, for sure. Because it's brand new. And unless you kickstarted literally two of all the things, you're going to be needing new stuff right away. So, Ward. <laughs> I, w- I won't need things right away. But I'll still want things. Because, again, I am an impulse buyer, right? So if I see something that could go with the game or a new mat or something new along tokens. those lines. New tokens. Shiny plastic things. Yeah. Chances are I'm going to like just throw money on the table and be good to go. Um, but in addition to that, like if you have like guys existing that have their own armies and that sort of thing, having them in the store is always going to be beneficial for you because then again it shows off. People walking by will see guys playing on a game night and bang, there you go. Like, what is this? This That's your in, right? You can talk yeah. about the games. I mean, when we all worked at GW, like the 40K nights that had like 30 players and customers yeah, why had are there trouble coming into the store. shoved into the store? What's so cool in here? Yeah. On a random Thursday evening. <laughs> yeah. With four, sometimes five, if we put one on the painting desk, mm-hmm. tables to play on. In that tiny little store. Right? Oh, so I think with, the worst. with fledgling systems like this, doing a slow grow <laughs> league is, is beneficial. Privateer does it uh, really good with their journeyman, journeyman yep. leagues. Um, Hawk. Actually does a really good job with their escalation leagues too. Malifaux's right? got so, one as well. So I mean, if if the store owner is too busy or is the only guy that is running his store, he needs those um, people to help support and help run those leagues or champion them. A lot of those FLGSs for sure are one man operations, and yeah. that's really tough when you're doing the ordering and the stocking and making sure you're there day in day out. Mm-hmm. It's tough to start thinking about how you're going to bring. Uh, sort of a league into your store. And and I mean ultimately like it is the store owner that gets to choose what he's going to be spending his money on and such. But like as like a talent or a uh, press ganger or what if you made suggestions, hopefully they're open enough to like listen to those suggestions. It's like hey, I don't yeah, listen you, to anyone. you might need we know you don't. Except BattleTech. Aren't aren't you like technically planning to, weren't you planning to be one of those representatives of Protoss? Yep, and then I never got my stuff. So how the fuck am I supposed to paint a starter set that takes 3 years to get here? <laughs> So. Hey Dan, guess what? It's it's showing up now. This is your chance. <laughs> you can make up chance. for last time. Everybody's already playing the game and moved on to other things. <laughs> um, but yeah, with I mean, with like leagues like that, is if you can get people coming out and uh, and gaming and seeing the game itself and have those basics that a new player would need, I think that's going to help grow the community right off the get go. Yeah. Rather than Hey, you know what? Like this model is really cool, but you can only play this in such and such size of a force, right? So, yep, makes sense. The only other th- uh, two last points for me is that you want to make sure you've got well painted, like not well painted, but everyone's playing painted, and the scenery looks cool. 
because that oh, yeah. will engage yeah. more people. Like it's oh, that it's looks really thing. cool, and then that's just a hook, and you're gonna need to snag and reel it in. And that's, that's exactly it. it. The Vets Knights back in the day, they actually had. Like, we're kind of coming full circle back to the beginning when we we're talking about having painted armies. Uh, Vets Knights back at uh, at GW, everything had to be painted, and when people came in to see why everybody's having such a good time, the models did, weren't just boring metal. They weren't just unpainted stuff or tokens. It was something sort of out of the ordinary and spectacular. And everyone was there with their army that was customized to them. Yeah. And you could walk up to anyone and be like, that's cool. Why'd you paint it that way? Yeah. Why is it that way? Why is it that way? They would get excited about it. And when everybody's excited and, and has that sort of energy about it, it's not just... It's not just a game now, it's an actual hobby, and that's the entire And a community as well, because yep. everyone is engaging. The only downside of those old Vets Knights was how stanky that store got. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is a different argument entirely. I feel like the things should be a little bit better now with the proliferation of nerd culture that into more mainstream people. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to talk air about conditioning. air, yeah. air no, conditioning I was technology. Say, <laughs> I was going to say that people should... It's a little more mainstream. People might be a little more hygienic, I hope. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think this is a really important point for me in that if people just see that bare plastic that bare pewter they're not going to get as engaged in the game right yep and it's not to say that everyone needs to be because like you want to you want to find that balance between an inclusive community and one that kind of supports everyone to hold themselves to a higher standard yeah the the other thing though as as a customer you shouldn't take things for granted from a store owner either Right, they are putting up space. They're they're taking time potentially if they're running a league or or organizing something for you. Right, you should support it rather than um, go out to eBay and maybe save like five bucks on it. Right. Well, that's kind of the Cause point because with GW, whether you buy it off of an independent retailer or GW mail order or whatever, either way, GW is making money. But if you're playing at your you know FLGS with stuff that you bought off Meeple Mart or whatever. I mean, that retailer literally seen nothing. Yeah, they gained the zero benefit. Have these four space for you to play games. Yeah, and they're, they're paying money by the game. foot. But there is also a flip side. If the community is going and he's not keeping stock, then people are going to go to Meeple Mart. And that's the balance, right? Yeah. This, the the community's got to be willing to pay the the store owner for the products there. But the store owner obviously has to have them in stock because if you have to wait well, for I don't a even month, think, I don't even think that you, a store owner has to have them in stock. The store owner just has to have a relatively good rapport with their customer base that have some of it in stock. The majority of the popular things, but the stuff that's a little bit doesn't move as much. Yeah, well, yeah, you right, can get don't that have in, it. Do you in a week or two weeks? Yeah, I'm okay. Not, not but it's what it's. Four weeks, or I'll wait until there's enough people that can put in yeah, order. Yeah, that, that kills Then, okay, quick. then it's like, yeah, but now I'm going to Maple Mart. And to be yeah. fair, like, gamers can be quite impulsive. Like, honestly, if, if I went somewhere and they didn't have it, I'm more likely to jump in my car, drive half an hour to another store that does have it, and buy it, because I want it right then and there. I want that gratification yeah. of a model, new plastic, open it up, smell it, whatever the case may be. <sighs> you sound like a heroin yeah. addict. Hang on. It's a side note. Mm, Even smells like the gothic rule book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might be made in the same printing. Uh, hey, facility. don't grease on the book. Uh, did I grease it up? I, I think I scored I it on a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised but if the gothic stuff was printed in the UK. They may use the same printer. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel when I go to a, a game store that I should support it and I should buy something. Even if it's a paint, right? I, oh, yeah. Just, just to keep them um, 
inter- especially interested in, in the hobbies that I that I enjoy, right? Yeah. yeah. Because at the end of the day, they don't owe us that space to game in. It's part, and, and I don't mean this in like an insidious or a bad way, but it's part of their business model. A good game store will have space for people to play games so they can come in and buy product. Mm-hmm. That's the relationship. It's not some like something that they owe us as gamers to have a space to play. Yeah. yeah. It's trying to foster this relationship. At the end of the day, if they can't make money and, and you know, f- literally feed their family, they're just going to shut down. Why would you do this this job where you have to be at a shop for insane hours, hanging out with you know people that sometimes can be pretty unique? Unique. Uh, <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Hard. Unique. I like that. Uh, He's thought about it. Yeah. Why would Why would you do that? You know what I mean? Like there's there's other jobs that pay more. Frankly, every game store owners can be okay. Can do okay. But if they have like a junior high nearby to sell them Pokemon cards, they can do just fine. Or magic. Okay. Magic yeah. is the big thing. But I think the the point is you're not going to get rich. It's not like you're running an oil field supply company. No. Right? Even like, then. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Right now. Right now that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's not a right to print money. No. Anymore. Right now, that's a, that's a bad example. Right now. Um, well, but, I, but my point stands. If, right. If you look at other business models, like right right now, like a bunch of uh, tabletop cafes have sprung up in the last few years, and they'll charge you. A, a nominal fee for an evening of gaming, right? And these yeah. store owners don't do that, at least not yet, right? But if some it, of them may, who if, knows? if it turns into something that it might have to do to supplement because people aren't buying the stuff that they're asking for in the in their stores, yeah, because they're selling board games, that kind of thing. I know the couple times well, we've well, gone no, to even even I'm I'm saying like if you wanted like Draw Fleet and you requested it at the store. Yeah. And then you took over the gaming space, but then you never bought any of the draw fleet. He might have to say, "Well, like, well, the the items aren't moving off my shelves. I need to supplement my income somehow. So in order to to do that, you have to pay two bucks every time you drop in and use my tables. Or more likely, you're gonna get bumped for a game that actually will. Yeah, like because I know a lot of store owners kind of feel it out for what games they're gonna be actually running and supporting. And communities tend to to figure out which game store works for their system. Like there's you, we kind of know locally. Like where do you go for play X Wing? Where do you go to play War Machine? Where do you go to play Infinity? That kind of thing. And if you do it right, there are some of those games where multiple stores will have like really you know bustling, busy game nights for the same system. So you might have like whether it's Avalon or All Star or whatever, you can have all these different places for the same system every week where people are going to both. That's yeah, the nice. Which is great. If you do it right. And the, the community, community has great. that desire most of the time. And the community works out pretty good with that and they'll they'll reach out to uh, owners as well and just say like, "Hey, I know you're you're thinking about running X-Wing. Just so you know, this store does it this night, this store does it this night." So to avoid it, doubling. So it. if it fits in your schedule, could you maybe think about one of the offers? Oh, uh, smart. Yeah, yeah, of course. So that way any night of the week, a guy that wants to play X-Wing has an option to go to a venue and run into other people that are still playing that same system. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, I was going to say, with with a lot of the newer systems I, that are smaller, I think it is tough to sort of get that community going and convince a uh, game store owner to, to start moving in that direction. So I think in a lot of cases, the game store owner has to sort of see some of these new and up-and-coming games and go, I can be that, that space for the smaller community for the time being. So I think it also is a two-way street. Like, you might be into that game, but there might only be five, six people in the city that play that particular system. Mm-hmm. And 
in a lot of cases, uh, game store owners are the people that start fostering that because they think that's the market they can break into first and become that particular uh, destination for that that system. Yeah, getting the first um, you know toehold in, in a new system yep. can be pretty advantageous for sure because once you get that really established game night and culture and expectation that that store is like heavily connected to one game, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough to shift without a damn good reason. So yep. there's definitely incentive to do it. And new people to the city will ask, like, hey, where do I play this game? And typically uh, they'll get referred to. Yeah, the like if it's War Machine, it's going to be Thunderground. Yeah. Right? Like, there's nowhere else in the city that people play that much War Machine. Uh, 40K in Fantasy, I would say Red Claw right now, right? So, <laughs> yep. And, like, every, every store kind of has its own niche, per se. And, I mean,. Just depends on what system you're playing, and and new systems they can adopt it or or leave it. So, you as a gamer have to entice them. Like, why do they want to pick up this game? And I think Drop Zone Commander. I think hopefully after people have seen it over the weekend, and hopefully get a little bit more exposure to it, you might see more people hopefully playing. Well, apparently Drop Zone Commander is being played at Red, Red Claw on Sundays. Hmm, interesting. Ooh. So uh, the other thing that I was going to mention is um, in a lot of other places in the world, there's actually state sort of sponsored gaming areas. Is it really uh, a lot of places or just Italy? No, there's a few. Like the UK does it too with the mind sports, the leagues, that kind of thing. Where Anywhere that has a, uh, a program that does like chess and the typical board games that are played on more of an international level like Sweden one of the reasons Sweden has such a huge gaming community is because it follows the same model, Spain, a lot of those countries, and uh, tend to have the same models. Um, their gaming systems are, they charge straight up for you to play at their store. They're not a store, they're like a, a I don't want to say government facility because that sounds ridiculous. Um, <laughs> We're gonna keep these nerds contained. But they're like they're like a playground in a lot of ways, right? Like you, would it's you, the same sort of model of a public park. Would like you it's com- just another facility for the public? Would you compare it to like the war room then, but more public, not club, yeah. club per se? Yeah, it is. Like you don't really have a store so much as just you pay for a space to play because space in those countries is much more at a premium. Like you can't find. Uh, a house that has like your, your buddies don't generally have houses that have basements with room for four by six tables like that just is not going to work yeah there's lots um, of places where you have those shoebox size apartments and that's all you can really get yeah so they, they tend to have more communal spaces for gaming that are dedicated to that um, makes sense and they charge for them you don't have a store you have to buy online you have to travel to try and find what you're deal- what you want it's harder to get which is why it's a little more niche so you have to pay for your space so I mean, if we have a pretty pretty lucky here that we have game owners that are enticed to give us free places to play and gather as a community, so I think it is kind of a little bit more on our communities to support those owners. Like maybe I'm I'm leaning a little bit too much that way, but I think the small businesses deserve uh, the communities to go there. It's, you're not you're not entitled to that space. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. because yeah. it, it's a two way street. Like they provide a space. Yeah, we go there support the store. It's yeah. just kind of the way it works. If you want it to continue being that easy, yeah, yeah, for sure. If you because if I was a game store owner and I didn't really care so much, like if I was a board game cafe, 
I don't think it would be a problem to charge five bucks to come in and play your games, fifteen bucks to to rent and play whatever you need for board games like that. Because you have totally to buy reasonable. those games. A lot of times you have to yeah. buy those board games as well. Oh, yeah. And well, you know what? Yeah, Honestly, some of them aren't cheap. Some ninety, yeah. sixty, hundred, hundred and twenty. If you're playing some, why wouldn't I charge? Like it seems very. It's really strange to have a free place to play. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the first board game cafe that has like one or two miniature gaming tables set up with a handful of like really nice scenery. Yeah, I think that's actually a really smart move in a lot of cases to do that. I I know Tabletop has X-Wing to play. Okay, I know we've had this conversation, but that's literally not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real miniature set as well. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's not going to be the same thing. Starter set for X-Wing sucks to play. I'm talking about a (laughs) 4x6 textured table with real scenery, not something you can put a mat down for. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah, I could see that being considered a lot more of a risk because it's a lot more dollars in terms of like you're buying a lot of scenery and mats and all kinds of other stuff that can only be used for x number of things i don't know how much and if it's a permanent setup it's taking up space even if no one's playing it and it's really easy to do the math too when you pay a square footage for your commercial lease it's a four by six table that is a very obvious dollar amount you pay each month yep i mean luckily a lot of those shorter duration skirmish games are three by three playing space so you need a lot less space in a cafe to do it yeah, but having a permanent setup terrain-based table, like where it's you're talking like textured, not just a mat, that's insane. Like, I, I understand why tabletop games uh, cafes don't do that. No, and I totally get it too. But it yeah. would just be so cool to have one in the very middle of the store. To us, War Machine Two D Terrain Go. Like, I think I think that's a big caveat. Is it would be really cool to us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. There. I'm not saying this is like print the dollars for doing this. Ninety five percent of uh, the customers are going to be out there. I don't think are going to find it as interesting. Yeah. Like I don't think it's a draw. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Not unless people were always playing on it. Yeah. It would look cool. Oh, for sure. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I mean, again, the reason I started playing 40k is I saw a guy with an entire army of jet bikes with the crazy little paper banners. Remember those? Yeah. 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 That looked awesome on a textured table running through hills with terrain. I was playing AVP the card game. Nice. I approve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas me, it was the pig and whistle. That old uh, fantasy building they had on the on the table, like for running the fantasy demos. Oh, yeah. I remember that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That was, like, like, just that know, really I know what you're saying. Like, it, it makes sense to have that sort of thing, but yeah, I think it's but it, it makes zero sense, but yeah. it would look cool to me. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, I, I think that kind of summarizes it is recognize it's a two-way street. Recognize you've both got to kind of work together to support and foster these new games. Yep. And neither party should take either one of the other ones for granted. Yeah, yep. it's, it's that ad- attitude of collaboration and reciprocity. Like, you're both doing each other a favor every once in a while so that both can be healthy and prosperous. And they can make their money. You can have your place to play and run events and, uh, you know, potentially impulse buy if they carry it in stock. But it does require both parties to step it up and be on good terms with each other. It's yep. going to take some work. Absolutely. So, Ward, what do we got coming up? We have a few events. Um, So, the ones that are coming up um, in November, uh, we've got the Team OP is running their ninth Age Captains Tournament. Uh, It's going to be at the Century Box in Calgary. It's a team tournament. Um, When I was talking to Matt last, I believe he said he had room for two more teams uh, to sign up. uh, Teams of three. 
Uh, it's going to be $20 at the door, so you can uh, contact them um, down at Century Box for a little bit more information for signing up. December 3rd, we have a Edmonton Brawler at the Strathern United Church. Uh, it's going to be 40k with some other game systems going on. Before you finish that, I want to jump back. Uh, Andrew Vidaro is running a fundraiser for 40k um, on November, not this weekend, but next. What is that? November 12th. 12th. Uh, 12th. Yeah. Um, I, the event uh, information is on GWNG. Uh, I think he has room for 16 people and he's looking for four more. It sounds like it's going to be a really good time. And I'm giving out a prize for a painting uh, clinic uh, two-hour session as a donation. Cool. That's Ooh. different. Yeah. yeah well, that's... I can't be there. I'm, I'm actually, oddly enough, at a wedding <laughs> that, uh, that weekend. So I would be playing. I can't do it, so I'm giving yeah. out a prize. He's, t- he's talking to a bunch of the different uh, tournament groups around the city, yeah. and he's doing a big gift basket actually for the winner so yeah should be, should be pretty yeah cool. it's all charity for i think the stallery yeah lovely yeah so i should i wanted to plug that yeah mostly. yeah for sure sorry go ahead he didn't tell me all the info <laughs> um january 21st uh i believe this one might change uh the edmonton brawler again at the church uh 40k other systems uh because the same weekend is uh out of the basements tournament uh, and that's January 21st, 22nd. Okay. Uh, location for that one uh, is to be determined. Yeah, uh, there's it's couple, not going to be a university, though. There's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a drinking bar, though. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the popular choice. It's a legion. Right it's a legion. Is it confirmed at the legion? I'm pretty sure it's a legion. I think it's just have to put the deposit down. That's it. Cool. So we'll have an actual venue location for you hopefully soon, uh, but it will be that weekend, the 21st, 22nd. Uh, again, multiple systems. Uh, last I saw, there will be a Blood Bowl tournament as well. Yeah, and uh, Todd's sponsoring the uh, trophy for it. Yeah, the Old Country, old country Meats Trophy. Cup the, or whatever. <laughs> no, no, it's the Golden Sausage Cup or something like that. That makes <laughs> it so much better. Will it, That's will really it, weird. Will the trophy be filled with sausage? Is, there, is By that point in time, is the new Blood Bowl out? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Because that would be cool to see. All I think the new some of the models. new models you've seen on like um, yeah, they've been, they, yeah, they're showing the models. They've got everywhere. the website. They've got the unboxing video. Like they've shown the miniatures and the contents of the box before for sure. Yeah. And uh, actually, it will not die. Um, they had a couple orc of, models of the orc models done up. Oh yeah, Justin painted them. Yeah, before, right? me. So I wouldn't be surprised actually if it got uh, in their big Christmas release. We should also mention that it will not die podcast. If you haven't listened to them, check them out. Yep. They're good guys. Uh, Turns out the one that I was on that was just full of way too much swearing actually got deleted. Really? Because you're uh, that terrible. No, it was it was like a complete c- computer malfunction. I thought I was just so inappropriate for their podcast. It was like had to be appropriate for kids that it never got done. Uh, turns out it just actually got deleted by accident. Oh, the computer so. did not like it. Accidentally you. on purpose. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I should watch my tone then when I go on. Well, I'm not as much of a just sailor don't as swear because it's it's for well because they're part of the freebooter right so they've got to be yeah. a little more appropriate which is why they get sweet stuff like the uh, <laughs> blood bowl compared to us yeah which no, is why we true. get nothing we got a beer sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> that didn't last <laughs> no I didn't kind of realize that was a terrible idea <laughs> um oh crap what was I gonna say now yeah I'll After come up, the I'll, I'll come up with like a special code word 
for when I want to swear, like oh, Rubik's Fudge. Cube. I just started saying expletive deleted. <laughs> mm, there mm. you go. Sponge from Imperial Records. There you go. Uh, the last two events that I have are uh, in February. Um, February 3rd, 4th, and 5th at LVO. Uh, I believe myself and Steve will be the yep. two going down for... Do they really need our promotion? <laughs> they don't, but, I mean, if you're... Actually, li- at this point in time, they definitely don't. There's 400 signed up 40K players. E- Boom. Crazy. Um, but, I mean, if you want to come out, like, uh, there's quite a few gamers from the Edmonton area that are going Tons. out. Um, well, not, s- not just for 40K, because they've got 440K champs and, like, 200 uh, narrative or something stupid. Um, but they've got Drop Zone, both... Or drop fleet and drop zone. They've got Malifaux, uh, Malifaux Infinity, Infinity, War Machine. You name it. So and I mean the 40k uh, games that are not just um, uh, like the tournament, that kind of thing. They've got some insane uh, specific events, like the Glow Table from Powered Play Gaming is yep. going to be ridiculous. Chris, it sounds yeah. Like. Chris is going to be there from Power Play, yeah. uh, setting. Uh, up some stuff. Uh, they're talking to Games Workshop and actually running like Ninth Age. Yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. And Age of Sigmar. Yeah, I, Ninth I, Age. Well, I imagine Games well, Workshop would only run. They're Age only going to be yeah. There, but the, the Forge World guys, like the rules team, uh, is going to be running the 30k event. What? what? Armin, Armin's going down for that, hey? Yeah, Forge World is running the 30k tournament. Whoa, that's yeah. interesting. They've got the <laughs> GW is running. The Age of Sigmar and 30k, and the only reason that uh, they're not running the 40k event, frankly, is because Frontline was like, that's our baby. We want to run that. Yeah, ITC format, they're going to do their thing. Yeah, and uh, even with that, though, GW was like, well, we've got, you've got 296 spots sold out. Can you open it up for more? And now they're at 400. Wow. (laughs) It's going to be absolutely out of control. Are they sold out at 400? No, because they opened up basically unlimited spots. They will just go until they literally can't shove more people in the hall. Um, because GW is going to support them with terrain and that kind of stuff too. So they shouldn't have to deal with the Age of Sigmar or 30k stuff. It should just they all they have to do is 40k. Wow. Yeah, and the narrative is done by the other uh, promoters too. So they are going to be focusing on 200 40k tables. That's going to be. <laughs> Ridiculous! I can't wait. So, I mean, most of the gamers around here are, I think, playing in the 40K, but there are a few of us that aren't. But, I mean, even it's it's a way to meet other gamers in the area and go down and hang out and have a beer. Or, like, at the random Spaniards that just get super wasted. Yeah, with yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Those guys were awesome. Right? They're so, very good gamers. Man. If I had the, like, 1500 bucks to drop on liquor again, I would totally go to <laughs> Yeah, that was more than the price of the trip. <laughs> and then uh, and then the last event that we have uh, right now... Oh, we still got events. That's right. We're not reminiscing anymore. Uh, is uh, February 17th and 18th. It's the Colder Than Carbonite event. Which I'll be playing in for Infinity. Oh, is that man. just Infinity and 40K? Just Infinity. Just Infinity. Just Infinity. Just Infinity. Just no Infinity. 40K at all. 300 points uh, for Infinity using the ITC. ITS. Uh, ITS format, sorry. Thank it's, you. It's easy to confuse, don't uh, worry. It's going to be at the Wellington Park Hall. Uh, it's $20 to play. They have room up for 30 players. Yep. So I'm going to be lending Matt some more mats. You're going to be lending him mats, but you're also going to be playing, right? I'm going to be playing. I have that weekend off, actually. Is that in Edmonton or Calgary? So it's how much infinity do you have painted? Uh, that's why it's this winter is going to be 
Hawk and uh, yeah, good. Infinity. So because all I got left to do is bases, man. I can I can get that done in a weekend. I know. I just gotta. I'm gonna take a look at your stuff and make sure I paint better than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh, I'm coming back to make sure that is going to be a little uncomfortable. That is going to be my best painted stuff. I started painting that while I was still painting garbage stuff. Me and Tom are going to a class, so I'm going to learn stuff. Okay, well, I'll believe it when I see a finish. We're going to learn things, (laughs) things that I'll tell you immediately afterwards. You also know what's going on. I'll probably drink and forget those things. So I just want to see. I just want to see you finish an army because I'm not worried until about. You know, best painted situation until you finish an army. That's true. Well, and in all honesty, the reason, one of the main reasons I got into Drop Zone is because it's a game Ward has a finished army in. Yeah, we can actually play play games. Um, Also, Golden and Carbonite, uh, he does do prizes uh, for painting. Uh, I don't believe it's a painting required event. It's just for fun, it's not super competitive. Uh, he also does prizes for people that bring uh, tables worth of terrain as well. So if you have well, that like, makes sense. if you have a cool setup for uh, uh, an infinity board, uh, or talk if my beliefs is at your house. Or don't worry, I painted some of Mike's terrain, so I'll bring that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, whenever you go. take that back, it's so <laughs> Mike, Mike, are you gonna try to make that one? We'll yeah. see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Let's all play. The, we need to play more tournaments this group. Because the Friday... I don't have enough games under my belt to feel comfortable, that's why. So no, who cares? I, Mike! Mike! No, 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 no. This is different. Infinity is very synergy-wise. Mm-hmm. You can't just... Let's walk. just show up. I'm just yeah. going to go lose because there is a bar there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I meant to walk into Drop Zone and lose every game. Look how Didn't. Turned, look how it turned out. But just go, because you. I can honestly tell you, you'll learn more... For how to play a game, go into a tournament, then trying to snag games randomly for a week or two or a month or two. Especially with somebody that has no idea how the game works like myself, really. Right? I know how the general mechanics work. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and that's all we've got currently for um, events. So again, if you have an event that you'd like us to uh, mention, uh, just contact us and we'll uh, throw it up there in our uh, results. That's all i got. Cool. Well, until next time, this has been another episode of Hobby Day in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> See, yeah, it's, it's like a... And I'm Steve. There we go. All right, until next time, play some games, have some fun, paint your fucking models. 